Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 177 recorded live on Halloween, October 31st, 2010. And here are your hosts, the man who is dressed up as a school teacher for this episode, Dave Pillay. Are you kidding? It's Sunday. Well, fine then. The man who is dressed up as an auto mechanic for this episode, Andy Lowe. Hi. Are you playing auto mechanic today, Andy? Yes, yes, I am Fixing playing auto the car. Yes. It's a fun little hobby. I see why people do it. Yep. Right? You know what else is a fun little hobby? What? Blacksmithing. <laughs> Are you saying that you have an anvil stored somewhere? I am saying that I have an anvil on my Amazon wish list. You have an anvil on your Amazon wish list. Indeed. My question now to you is, is it available for Amazon Prime? Uh, some of them are. <laughs> yes, I would like to uh, get this for the free two-day shipping of an anvil. <laughs> an anvil. 50-pound, 75-pound anvil <laughs> with free shipping. No, no, not only free shipping, free two-day two shipping. shipping. <laughs> God, my... The UPS yeah, guy would just be, oh... On, on UPS and FedEx, isn't it that you have to be able to lift a minimum of, like, 40 pounds or um, a maximum of 40 or, or 50 pounds? 75 pounds by yourself, 150 pounds with somebody else. Okay, so I'll have to be sure to order the 100-pound anvil with Amazon Prime. <laughs> so you get two guys who have to carry it? Yep. Oh, goodness. <laughs> of course, then I wouldn't be able to move it. No, no, you wouldn't. So, I, yeah, wherever they set it down, that's where it's going to be. <laughs> I think I have to rethink this. <laughs> so, wh- why did you suddenly decide to put an Amazon or um, an, an anvil, anvil on well, your Amazon? Well, it's not just an anvil. I have a forge on my Amazon wish list. I have blacksmith hammer on my Amazon wish list. And I have a couple books about blacksmithing on my Amazon wish list. Are you going to shoe a horse or something? Is that what your plan is? Uh, no, I, I was not planning on becoming a farrier. But uh, we did meet a farrier recently, Laura and I, and we talked to him for a good hour about the trade. And it sounds fun and not terribly expensive besides the startup cost. Well, most things are not terribly expensive other than the startup cost. Right. But there isn't like, a, I mean, the only continuing fee would be propane for the forge and metal and metal but you can find metal yeah you can find metal but most of the time when you try and find metal it's some uh not very legal true uh he he's been taking um railroad spikes and turning them into knives Ooh, yeah they're actually really cool that would be kind of interesting. Wouldn't it? And he, he actually told me he had a brilliant idea that I hadn't considered as far as folded steel. You know the metal cabling? That's, yeah. you know, hundreds of very thin metal strands wrapped together? Yes. Heat that up and smash it down. Boom. Folded steel. Would that work? According to him, it does. <laughs> huh. So, yes. Blacksmithing. <laughs> Something I, I'm considering... Now, into. Might be where fun. would you, where would you put said forge? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I could do it in downtown Ann Arbor. I, I think they'd have an issue with that. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to do it in your apartment. That wouldn't work. No, it gets a little too hot for that. You have to do it outside. Yeah, it'd be really cool. I wonder, like, what the city restriction on that would be. 
It would be kind of fun just to sit on the corner of, of like William and Dobson with an anvil and a forge. <laughs> Will blacksmith for food? <laughs> hey, some dude dances like Michael Jackson for food. Which is kind of sad. It turns out there's actually a major influx of homeless people to Ann Arbor because of the way they're they're set up to deal with homeless people. Hmm. I didn't know that. Although I have seen a, a lot of uh, vagrants. Yeah, there's more and more of them coming. There's actually a couple of tent cities in Ann Arbor. Really? Yeah. I know that there's like one or two under the, the bridges. There's one out in a forest just slightly north of town. I don't remember exactly where. I don't remember... This article was a little while ago, but yeah, you've got you've got a major influx of homeless people because of the um, leniency yeah. of Ann Arbor. By the way, the hundred pound anvil does not qualify for Amazon Prime, nor does the fifty five pound. In fact, nor does the fifteen pound. That's kind of chip. <laughs> I actually used Amazon Prime um, yesterday. Oh, I use it a lot now. It's kind of sad. You're like, oh, I won't use that. Now it's just like, well, free two-day shipping. Yeah, like, why not? I, I ordered a new router because clearly mine is dying. <laughs> a nine-pound hobby anvil is available for Amazon Prime shipping. But that's about it. I don't know how good a nine-pound anvil would be. I don't know. I just now I'm picturing the anvil chorus going through my head. <laughs> dun, dun, I just love how I can just set Dave up on these things, and I know he'll just go for it. Yep. There's a baby anvil. Where you use to forge babies? Uh, I would assume so. Well, maybe not. It's only six ninety. So perhaps it is an anvil for a baby. Is it made of foam? I don't know. I'm looking. It, you can buy it with a... Plastic and rubber jeweler's hammer, dual-headed. It is a two-pound anvil. Well, then, that seems kind of underwhelming. Yes. What's what's that in your pocket? Oh, it's just a two-pound anvil. (laughs) No biggie. What are you going to do? I'm just going to carry my anvil around everywhere. (sighs) I'm just picturing things to do with an anvil. Mm. (sighs) So it's Halloween. Yes. And that would be the other advantage. I'd have a Halloween costume all set. Well, what are you for Halloween, a blacksmith? I was thinking about this. You could easily go to, um, uh, to uh, get some oxyacetylene goggles, mm-hmm. get some welder gloves. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is get yourself a frickin' lab coat and you're a mad scientist. <laughs> or and, an apron and a hammer and you're a blacksmith. Yeah, that too. Especially the oxyacetylene goggles that have the two separate circles for each eye rather than the mm-hmm. one for both of them. Yeah. It's just like, it's so easy to be a mad scientist now for me. I think I actually have all the parts. Oh. No, I don't have the lab and coat you, here. You could go as a, uh, a victim of the mid-90s, early 2000s uh, uh, automotive industry collapse. You see, now they most of the machining is done by machines now. Okay. You could be a victim of the early 80s automobile collapse. <laughs> Walk around with a giant boombox. What are you? I'm from the 80s. I was laid off. <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah, the first. There was the wedding last year. 
I don't think it did I dress up for anything a year before that? I don't remember. No. I do know you dressed up last year for the wedding. Dr. Jones. <laughs> Coming straight from class. To a dig site, evidently. To a dig site? I thought you were you went you were going directly from class to a dig site. Oh, you you actually came from a class. No, no, no. I because I still no. had the the suit pants on. Right. I'm saying you were going from the class to a dig site. Never Why mind. Wear, you don't wear nice suit pants to a dig site. Okay. Because you're literally digging in the dirt. It, well, there's very few other things to dig through. <laughs> you know, we could dig through our topics. Yes. Ooh. Okay. We have a lot of topics this week. Yes. I um, seem to have caught up with my email. Ah. So now every day I catch up with my email and now cool. I post topics. Like the fact that somebody decided to rage quit out of Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. which is the um, MMO. And the guy said on the post, uh, first thing in the morning tomorrow, I intend to instruct those who manage my precious Square Enix stock to, to arrange to sell all of it. To Square, thank you for the enjoyment of your products up until now, with the exception of this last one. Goodbye. And some people are like, oh, okay. No problem. The next day, um, 1% of the stock from Square Enix was sold at once. Oh, God. (laughs) He owned a percent of Square Enix? Yes. That's not a small amount. No, it is $26 million worth. I think it's a good time to buy, well, I don't know. This is on the the Japanese stock exchange. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to even. I don't know how I'd even go about buying something on the Japanese stock exchange. Who would I talk to? I know some of the online brokers can deal with the foreign stock exchanges, but I, I have no idea. But he actually, the the sale dropped the value of the stock from eighteen hundred yen to seventeen thirty five yen. Uh, and evidently it's kept going down. It's down to 1683 yen. Ooh. So he actually got out ahead of skin. <laughs> well, because people are going to see it and they're going to be like, oh, crap, price is dropping. Time to sell. All because Final Fantasy fourteen sucked. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> oh. So let this be a lesson to you. Don't piss off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't piss off the guy who is 1% of your stock. He owns a hundredth of your... <laughs> Imagine if he hadn't just got pissed and decided to sell it. Imagine if he had insisted that they call a stockholders meeting. That would be weird. Why did we convene this meeting? Because this new game sucks, man. Sucks. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I have no idea how I'd go about buying Square Enix stock. Might be something. So, Andy, what I need you to do. I'm Googling buying Japanese stocks right now. <laughs> After we record. <laughs> How to invest in the Japanese stock market on eHow. Okay. Uh, oh, you, you can post just, that link. You, you can just place an order to buy the Japanese stock of your choice through, with your bro- brokerage, and they'll just fast pass the thing on. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah, you can... A lot of them have access to the Tokyo Stock Exchange. That's really cool. So, there you go. By the way, on, on a side note, I'm at 153 out of 330. Oh, you want to play that game? No, because I know you're, you're 
destroying me in it. Just just take a guess where I'm at. 280? Lower. 240? Higher. 260? 251. 251. Yes. Wow. I have created Star Wars. Well, damn. I was about to ask if you had lightsaber. <laughs> and Ghostbusters. Okay. Just, and Mentos. Everything and, that I have. And McDonald's. <laughs> I have Totoro. Totoro? Yeah. From my neighbor, Totoro. Uh, I also have the Twilight Saga. Oh, it's probably vampires and something. Mm, maybe. It's good to know I have at least two that you don't have, though. I have time. Uh, I have a watch. Oh. Do I have a watch? No, I don't have a watch. I have a clock. That's I have a I have. sniper. I have sex in the city. <laughs> well, I could imagine how to get that if I could get a city. <laughs> I do have diamond. Well, yeah. I have that, too. A bar. Uh, so, to, to explain, on the Android market, there is a game called Alchemy. It's actually also available on the iTunes market. Oh, so it's an iPhone app as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is incredibly fun. The premise is pretty simple. You start out with just four items, um, earth, earth, wind, fire, fire, and water, and you combine them. Like, you combine um, earth and water, and you get mud. You combine... No, you don't. Well, what do you, you get? You combine earth and water, you get swamp. Oh, how did I get mud? But you just combine things, and you create new items, and you can combine those together. And I created Santa Claus. <laughs> so, there you are. There are 330 um, items available right now. So, there, um, there's a lot. Yeah. It takes a little while. I've gotten to the point now, every once in a while, I'll just put all of them on the screen and just randomly start touching to try and combine them. That's what Laura did. I tried that and I, I've got you know 150-some and it didn't work. I combined them all onto one pile, and just I did it in such an order that no two of them were touching. What's too bad is you can't. I wish they would be able to um, just throw them all on there, and then you because you can shake them to mix them up. I wish they would actually be able to combine once you shake them. You can shake them to mix them up. Well, you, if you put them out just on the just on the grid and you shake your phone, it should mix them up. I am shaking my phone, and nothing is happening. There's, maybe it's one of the settings. Menu. No, back. Menu. Settings. Shake to shuffle. There you go. Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't combine them, though. It just mixes them up on the screen. So. I have light. I haven't figured out what light combines with, but I have light. I, I did think of a couple things light combines with. The only problem is there's so many items now on this list. Trying to find them, even in they're in alphabetical order. You know, there's a search. Well, you combined light with one thing already, Dave. I know. I said that I've combined light with a couple things. Was that your phone or mine? Uh, yours. Okay. Aha! That's where pig comes from. Aha! I've already got pig and bacon. So anyways, it's a fantastic game. It's really fun. It's... Free on the Android market. I'm not sure about the iTunes market. I didn't actually look. It violates like 30 different copyrights. <laughs> I got fat. 
Yep. It's on the iTunes store for free, it looks like. Cool. So go check it out because it's really worth it. While we're on the subject of it being worth it, since it's an Android app, it actually works out quite nicely. Uh, the Android market has hit over 100,000 apps. Yes. It only took um, technically two years. How long did it take Apple? 16 months. Are you still playing? No, nah, I've stopped. Okay. I put it down. I got bacon. That was my goal. Because <laughs> I, I heard the vibrate and I'm like, oh, you're still playing. Because <laughs> Kate would be playing on the couch and I just hear the vibrate. I'm like, oh, what'd you get this time? Yeah. Oh, so I, I managed to uh, get my G1 unlocked. It's on AT&T and it's not using any data. Nice. Yep. You go into the APNs in the the settings and you change the name of the APN and all of a sudden it can't connect to 3G. Okay. It would be like going into your DNS and changing Google's IP address by one number. So the point of not connecting to the data is... Is she doesn't have a data plan? I don't have a data plan either. Yes. Uh, then you need to be careful because without a data plan, if your phone has that little G or 3G or H, you're on the data network, and it is entirely possible that you're using data. Nope. When I go to the browser, it just says, hey, you need to subscribe to the data plan in order to access this. Okay. Well, I'm playing it this way because when I called AT&T, I was told that if, and she said that this is true of all carriers, and I think it's absolute bullshit, but that if their system recognizes that you're on a data phone uh, and that you're starting to use data, it will drop in a data plan. You can also deselect data enabled from the mobile network settings. Can you? Yeah. From the mobile network settings. Yeah. Settings, wireless and networks. Mobile networks. Mobile networks. Oh, hey, there's data enabled. Yeah, but um, I don't think that's on, because we're on, on Froyo. Right? Yeah. I don't think that was back in Eclair. Ah. Mobile networks. Yeah. The uh, the only thing on there is data roaming. Um. My apologies. Yeah. So on the older phones, it's enabled by default. There's no way to so, turn it off directly. There are 200,000 apps. Okay. On the um, or hundred thousand apps on the Android market. There's three hundred thousand apps on the Apple App Store right now, according to Steve Jobs last week during an investor call. Mm-hmm. So, out of the hundred thousand apps, how many do you really actually use? Um, do you want me to start going down my list? No, yeah, I remember you went down your list before. I, but I, I, there, we can seems, do this again. There seems to be a lot of junk on there. Oh, there's a ton of junk. But there's just as much junk on the iPhone. I know. But it's like, if people are touting these huge app stores, and it's like, yes, but how many farting apps are there? <laughs> In fact, just recently I picked up a new app called Wi-Fi Analyzer. Which does? Exactly what it says it does. Okay, just making sure. It picks up all the Wi-Fi networks in the area and graphically displays them on the channels and where their strengths are and which one's interfering and how strong they are. Oh, so kind of sort of like a net stumbler sort of thing. Yep. I just used that on ours and we moved our, uh, ours up two channels because everybody was sitting on our channel for some odd reason. Right. Well, it was probably channel six. Yeah, because that's it's, default. It's default. But there was still a bunch of us and we were up on nine, so I just dropped it down to yep. eight. 
So, 100,000 apps, I mean, even if a tenth of them are good, that's 10,000 apps. I just feel like I should just start going through apps and thinking how many are good and just take a sampling <laughs> and just figure out. Randomly choose. Yeah. And it goes, is this so one you, good? No. Is this one so good? What you do no. is you, you've got to design a way to randomly pick 30 apps from the store, see which ones are good. And then I can figure out a statistical model to say how much of the Android market is actually good and how much of it is yep. crap. Yep. You can get a uh, confidence interval for your population proportion of good apps. So speaking of T-Mobile yes. and apps that use data. Yes. T-Mobile's, T-Mobile's raising their pro- – well, they're, they're nixing the only unlimited data plan. They're adding some tiers to their data plan. And they're adding tethering. Yes. For an for, additional fee. Yeah. Or you could just go and buy PDA net for that additional fee. Would it still work though? Uh I hope it is, because I bought it. <laughs> so yeah, PDA net one time fee fifteen dollars. T Mobile tethering fee fifteen dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And now there are going to be there's going to be a web access for feature phones, so phones that are not optimized for web but can still access the mobile web. There's one for standard mm-hmm. smartphones, and there's one for premium smartphones, which include the BlackBerry and our G2s. Yep. And our smartphones are only eligible for the web unlimited. Yep. The other phones are allowed to try a $200 a month plan for $10. 200 megabyte a month or, yeah, plan. 200 megabyte a month huh? for $10 a month. Yep. By the way, that vibrating is not me. I don't know if you can hear it or not. No, I cannot. Okay. So T-Mobile is now following the lines of every, basically everybody else in the mobile yeah. market. Yeah, which is not a surprise. No. Oh, dear. Well, too bad. Mm-hmm. So this Halloween costume, this yeah. video of a car on the floor... Yeah, I, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I'm like, is it um, is it an RC car or something? And if you watch the Super video... Super cool. We're not going to say anything more, because I don't want to spoil it. Just look at the Halloween costume link. Super, super cool. Check it out. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, baseball's going on right now, World Series. Oh, yeah. It's the Giants and someone from Texas. How about the only team from Texas? I no, wait, no, there are. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the name of any of the Texan teams if my life depended on it. I was like, there's only one team down there. And I'm like, no, wait, the Texans just moved down there so that now there are two, two, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> ah, ah, Texan teams. <laughs> um, but a guy did the math to try and figure out the fastest way to run around the bases, which... Oh. Okay. You would think, okay, it's the shortest distance between two points, but you would lose speed when you have to turn, especially a 90-degree turn. The closer you get to 90 degrees, the slower yeah, down you have to you, be in order to make the turn. Go, you're supposed to stay on the, the line, aren't you? No. The only um, There's only one rule about... I'm trying to find it in the... Um, uh, here we go. The only limits apply to a base runner after a fielder has attempted to tag a runner with the ball. After that, the runner can veer no more than three feet from the straight line to the base. Other than that, there's no rule about how you're, how you're supposed to run the bases. 
So if you, even if you look at some of the some of the guys when they're running and they know they can carry it into extra bases, mm. they actually will do kind of a, a question mark. Well, they'll start to go straight. When they realize they can get more bases, they'll swing they'll out swing wide out. so they can cut the base at not yep. a much of a curve to, in order to get the other bases. So they're the statistically theoretical best version. This runner runs out a basically 18 and a half feet from the baseline in order to make it the, the best to get around the bases. So it's, it seems a little crazy that people are like, oh, why is he spending time doing math for running the bases? But if you think about it, there's, there's a bunch of times where players have been out basically by the skin of their teeth. Mm-hmm. And what happens if they actually knew about this? Things could have been different. Yeah. I just thought it was neat because it's baseball and it's going on right now. It's a really cool curve. I know. So, but it's completely theoretical, especially since this is knowing the the player knows that he's able to get all the way around. Right. It's going to be different if the player knows that he's only going to be able to get a double, or he knows he's only going to be able to Because then you stop on the second. Yeah. So Did he make the curves for all of them? Uh, no, just the... He just did it for the fastest all the way around. Yeah. Okay. It also doesn't take into account, you know, the other players on the field. (laughs) (laughs) Who might be in your way. Yeah. That would kind of suck. So theoretical baseball. Very inside baseball. Mm Mm-hmm. So also speaking of baseball, over the past three weeks, well, this sort of has to do with baseball. Okay. There has been a, um, there's basically been a problem with News Corp. And Cablevision. News Corp owns TV stations. Cablevision owns the pipes. Right. News Corp being Fox and Rupert Murdoch, etc. Yeah. The um, three of the Fox stations and several cable networks were off the air for three million cable subscribers of Cablevision while the two of them argued about how much... Well, not the World Series, but how much... Uh, Cablevision is going to have to pay Fox in order to carry the Fox stations. So this has been going on for two weeks. I don't and know if the, I w- the FCC has not stepped in and then well, said, stop ca- acting like children? Um, Cablevision was kept on trying to get the FCC to like basically arbiter an agreement between the two of them and force Fox to put the stations back on the air while these talks were going on. Yeah. But all the FCC basically was trying to demand answers from the two of them. So they asked for letters about how the negotiation was going on and what the problems were. And that's as far as the FCC went. They said, I want to know why you guys aren't agreeing. And so each side sent the FCC a official letter about why it was not going on. Wow. So yeah, there is it it's kind of ridiculous that they literally can basically can hold each other over the head going, "Oh, <laughs> You want this station? I'm sorry, you have to pay me some money. And they're like, okay, fine, we're not going to show your station. And then basically playing a he said, she said, whose fault is it? It's his fault. No, it's his fault. No, it's his fault. But they finally reached a deal. And the funny part is the um, letter, the official um, press release from Cablevision. Mm hmm. From Cablevision sounds like it, it. This is the, I'm not going to official quote from them. In the absence of any meaningful action from the FCC, Cablevision has agreed to pay Fox an unfair price for multiple channels of its programming, including many in which our customers have little or no interest. 
Cablevision conceded because it does not think its customers should be any longer should oh, sorry should any longer be denied the Fox programs they wish to see. Cablevision thanks its customers for understanding the reason for this dispute and staying with us. We are also grateful to the 175 government leaders who raised their voices to urge government intervention and binding arbitration to prevent this blackout. It is clear the retransmission consent system is badly broken and needs to be fixed. In the end, our customers will pay more than they should for Fox programming, but less than they would have if we had accepted the unprecedented rates News Corp was demanding when they pulled their channels off of Cablevision. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the official stance from the company. That's pretty biting. <laughs> like, well, geez, the FCC wasn't helping us. I mean, come on. And then but there were all these government leaders that wanted to do some government action, but no, I guess not. So fine, we'll pay these fees. It's not as bad as they were trying to blackmail us with their fees before. That's, wow. Yeah. What was also uh, interesting was the fact that um, Fox's decision early was to block Cablevision ISP users from mm-hmm. viewing Fox programming online, too. So Cablevision said, fine, we won't carry your programmings while this is going on. Fox is like, okay, fine then. Then you won't be able to access any of our online content, which included blacking out Hulu. It's children. (laughs) Dave? Not me. Okay. That was not me either. Well, Laura's sitting here doing it. Okay. Just as I'm sure Kate is over there. No, she's in the shower. Oh, okay. So... So there's finally a agreement, and this came also at the same time that Fox was having problems with Dish TV. So, okay. So yeah. News Corp is just being childish, well, and there's nothing new about that. Well, this whole thing seems kind of ridiculous. That the cable provide well, the retransmission stuff is all. Well, it it is ridiculous, Andy. But that I mean, it's the network neutrality thing. Just you have to apply it to TV. It's just thinking like people don't realize how much money costs goes because everybody's got basically cable now. The the over the air broadcasting is granted it is going a little bit um, up again because of all the problems with cable TV. Mm-hmm. But it was going down for a while because everybody was switching to cable and people were like, "Oh, I get my Fox TV from the TV, not through cable vision to my TV." But yeah. It's just pure chaos. Okay. I will take your word for it. Yeah, let me just close you, those You are links. far more uh, on top of that than I am. By the way, this, uh, uh, this article here yeah. is incorrect. The 32% of owners don't download any apps. That was a typo. Oh? Nielsen corrected that rating. Oh, what is it then? It's like 9 or 15% don't download any apps. Oh... That would be... It's way less than a third. <sighs> I love how there was, you know, another post afterwards stating, hey, from these guys saying, um, this is wrong. Yeah. No, no. Nielsen, uh, Nielsen issued a corrective statement to that. Okay. So, but it's still 15%, right? Uh, I can check. I don't know offhand. Well, the, um... The Walkman might be going away soon. May, may not. We don't, we're not exactly sure. Oh, no, it, it is going away. 
Well, it's going away in Japan. They're still manufacturing them for U.S. and other overseas market, but in Japan, Sony is stopping the sale of the Walkman. Nine percent. Nine. Okay, nine percent of the people. Nine percent don't download an app. Which seems kind of. No, I I swear I saw a a report saying that they were discontinuing the Walkman. Period. No, it's just in Japan at the moment. It's just in Japan. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. From 1979 until the year 2000, 186 million were sold. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's just do a little math. Since the year 2000, 34 million have been sold. But one's a 21-year period, the other's a 10-year period, and the 10-year period, there's been... Okay, I've got your picture on my screen. What? 1003 Digital Media Wire. One of them is Antony, dressed as Waldo. (laughs) Ah, that's kind of funny. Screen cap. Okay, so 186... Divided by 31 is 8.85 a year. And then uh, 220 minus 186, 34, 10. So that's 3.4 million a year. So the sales of Walkman over the past 10 years basically have dropped in half. More than half. So, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. Okay, I know the last time I actually did record something onto a cassette and listen to it. You do? Yes. That was for college, for our announcing class. We had um, we had to record it ourselves, do an announcement for a commercial, and then listen to it and critique ourselves. With the, the teacher would also listen in, and like so, we would listen to ourselves talking, and he would point out what he heard, and then we had to point out what we heard, so we could see where we were in critiquing ourselves. And that was back in like 2002. So that was the last wow. time I listened to a cassette. The last time I used a cassette player was using a tape adapter for my iPod. That was the last time I used a, a cassette player. Because it's, it's a lot easier and a lot cheaper to do that than to run through um, FM transmitter for your iPod. That just makes things more complicated. But yeah. Dave? Okay. Do you know? Yes. Do I know what? Do you know the last time you used Oh, the last time I used a, a cassette player? Yes. Or listen to a tape or both? Um, it, oh, no, it wouldn't have been in my van because I'd gotten rid of my tape player. I'm going to have to guess on this one and say early 2000s. I, I actually couldn't tell you the last time I used one. It's been too long. I've, let me put it this way. I've used a tape deck since I've used a cassette. Yeah, because of the adapter, right? What adapter? The tape adapter. It goes from your iPod or your music player to cassette deck in the car or something? No, no, no. I, well, yeah, like, I, for me, I didn't use that. I used the uh, the FM transmitter. Ah. Because I preferred that, actually. But, uh, and because my car at the time didn't have one. In the van, I didn't have a cassette player. Ah. So, yeah. No, I, I don't know the last time I used one. No, well, I wonder why they're stopping the sale of them then. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Betamax? <laughs> Laserdisc? <laughs> High 8? D- DVD? Super 8? Super 8. So tell me about the dancing baby, Andy. Okay. So this video was posted about, oh, sorry, 2007. It's a 30-second clip of a baby dancing to Prince's Let's Go Crazy. 
Okay. Um, Universal posted basically a takedown notice of this video. And so the lady complied. And then afterwards was like, you know, this doesn't seem right. So she posted it back up on YouTube and then called the EFF. And they decided to take her case pro bono. Wow. So the EFF is filing a, I guess, a counter judgment or something. Yeah, it's because Universal will be filing the suit to have it taken down. So the EFF is is going to counter that. So this one baby for a 30-second clip with Let's Go Crazy in the background has turned into a three-year legal battle between the EFF and Universal over basically what's considered fair use. And they're pointing out, like, look, this this video is clearly non-commercial, and it's not the original mm-hmm. video in its original state. So they're like, what, what's the harm? And then Universal's like, but you guys didn't think that this was a harm the first time, so... Right. So it's... <laughs> It's not one of those major, like, RIAA sort of claims, because... But it's pretty big. Yeah, Universal just says they want the video taken down, and the EFF is requesting damages of $62.50 to compensate the lady for 10 hours she spent on the issue, and $1,275 for the legal work done by the EFF lawyer. Only $1,000? Yeah. But Man, this is nothing. This is not really about the damages. This is about the precedent of... Right, of fair use. Yeah. And we can only hope that the court rules in the EFF side. Because if not, it's basically... <laughs> Goodbye, fair use. Well, right now in its current state, fair use, especially with the DMCA, is mm-hmm. take it down and then prove otherwise. So the damage is already done, the thing is already gone, and then you have to prove... That you did no... Yeah. Yeah, that you did no harm. It should be basically that you have to prove that harm is being done first before you take it down. Right. Which is not the case. So... I just heard a 3G interference. I don't know if that was me or you. Not me. My phone is sitting there not doing anything. I can tell because it actually shows me when it's trying to upload or download any sort of information. Uh, it might have been me then. All right. What else we got? Um, How are we doing on time? We got to be edging up there. Yeah, we're still going. All right. Um, bees. <laughs> oh, God, the bees, the killer bees. Bees. Okay, so what about these bees? Bees have solved a problem that has stumped computers. What? Yeah. So in, in computer science, there's something called big O notation and NP-hard and all that. Uh, and there, there's a very famous problem called the traveling salesman problem. Oh, is this the one about like traveling over bridges to travel to visit each? No. City? Oh. No, that's... Well, it might be... Uh, NP-hard... Well, not NP-hard. Traveling salesman is that you have a list of cities yeah and a salesman needs to go through the cities and has to get to every city at least once okay compute the shortest path for the salesman okay all right yeah for a computer to do that uh is a factorial based program i believe which means that every city you add uh the problem takes more than exponential amount of time well, yeah, because you're adding another city. It's just like the 64 March Madness, 64 teams. It's how many different combinations the computer right, will but have that's, to run through. That's exponential. Oh, okay. So this is more than exponential. Why? 
Uh, just because the number of different things the computer has to consider. Okay. All right. And I might have this a, a little bit off, and I'm sure some of my uh, comp sci friends will be more than happy to correct me. But basically, it's a, a factorial-based program. So each item you add. Do you know what factorial is, Andy? Yes, I know what factorial is. All right. Yeah, you, you multiply all the numbers below it. Mm-hmm. So one factorial is one, two factorial is two. Three factorial is six. six. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. Four factorial is 24, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that grows faster than any exponent. I can see that. If you sit there and you start doubling a number, double a number, double a number, double a number, double, right? It grows very quickly. Yeah. You sit there, you start tripling a number, tripling a number, tripling, it grows very quickly. And in fact, if you do that, it will start faster than the factorial, but the factorial will eventually overtake it. And in fact, the factorial will generally overtake it very quickly. So it's not that it's an impossible problem for computers. It's just that once you get to a certain amount, uh, it could take more time than there is left in the universe for a computer to solve the problem. Okay. Bees can solve it. Oh. And keep in mind the size of a bee brain is like a pinprick. Hmm. So bees are able to compute the shortest route, not the shortest path, like your uh, your baseball thing, but the shortest route. So do you go from flower one to flower two, or do you go from flower two to flower five, or what? Well, that is too bad we can't figure out what their process is. Yeah. So we have these bees. They can figure this problem out that we can't figure out, but we don't know how they're doing it. No. Well, I know they were able to um, graft... Um, brain things onto a house fly so they could see how the fly was reacting to things. Maybe they're able to do that to a bee. Well, it would be interesting. I, house doesn't have enough space for a brain. Well, they were doing something with maybe it was like dragonflies. I remember just, I remember just watching, seeing a picture of like a fly on like a little with stand. And they had, like, computer things around it. And so the fly would, like, pretend. It's basically like a virtual reality simulator for the fly. Wow. So they could see how the fly would react to different things. Why are we funding this? I don't know. Speaking of funding. Okay, Dave. Who do you think is bigger? Zenga, who creates Farmville and all the other Facebook games, or EA, the behemoth EA? What are you defining as bigger? Well, they um, market value. Market value? Yeah. Well, given that I've read the article, it's kind of cheating, but uh, Zynga. Damn you. Yes. The market value for EA is $5.16 billion, so basically all their assets, and if they sold everything, how much would they be completely worth? Right. <laughs> Zynga right now is at $5.51 billion. See, I don't think that that's the right amount that I'd, I don't think that that's uh, if they were to sell everything. It's if they were to post their shares on the public market and sell them. Yeah, but EA already has the... I thought market value was when they sold everything. Or what other companies would pay to buy that company. Okay, it has the price at which an asset would trade in a competitive auction setting. Okay. Right. So... Everybody that I mean, certainly, yes, Zynga could be worth more than EA because everyone's going to say, like, oh, my God, they're just making money. Look at this. (sighs) It's sad. Yeah, but EA is certainly the bigger company. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's just everybody doesn't think that they're the 
they're not as important as Zenga, which I really hope right. this falls at some point because Facebook games are fun, but they're fun in little bits and pieces, and not like the. It seems like we'd be kind of going backwards with video we would games. Because you start out with like fun things like little bits and pieces of Pac-Man or Asteroid, things that are good for a few minutes. And then games started getting longer. And then you started getting into Super Mario World and Super Mario 3, <laughs> Super Mario 64. And they just started getting bigger and bigger. And now well, all of a sudden this, it's just like... This oh. leads us into, into a very nice segue into our next topic, though, about what Nintendo has done to contribute to... Uh, the the gaming empire, as it were. Because you just mentioned a couple of things that they did. Like making narrative stories that are longer than just eat pellets? Hey, there was a narrative to Pac-Man. I know. There was the cutscenes between certain levels. Yes, I know. I've yep. played Pac-Man. Good. Because you made me play Pac-Man. <laughs> I know. Well, we thought like, it was... Dave, go- you got a train! You got a train! Uh- it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this the other day. We were watching. We were actually watching Monty Python's Flying Circus. I'm thinking, okay. oh, like all these geeks or big Monty Python fans. I'm like, how many of them have actually sat down and, and watched, watched Flying Circus? Yeah, and watched Flying Circus. Not many. Although, if you look at how many of them have watched Holy Grail. Oh God! Everybody's seen Holy Grail. Right. But it's no, not like, many people will have seen Flying Circus. So it's like, oh yeah, I'm a big Monty Python fan. I'm like, oh, so what do you think about this episode of Flying Circus? And they would just be. But, yeah, sorry. Just a tangent that I thought was really interesting, the fact that everybody's big Monty Python fans, yet does not watch a majority of No one of actually work. knows, yeah. Or, uh, at the very least, have seen Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. I've seen, oh, that was, all oh, the Hollywood Bowl. John right. Cleese doing the Albatross skit, and he's like, you guys should not be smoking that. <laughs> <laughs> he said he basically got a contact high from doing the skit out in the audience. I'd believe it. Okay, so things Nintendo has done. The portable platform, the Game Boy basically mm-hmm. was the first. Well, even before well, the that, Game it was, and Watch was the first. Yeah, the Game and Watch. But it was still the Nintendo. If you think about it, there's like, okay, there's the Game Boy. The Game Gear. The Game Gear. Which wasn't it, Nintendo. No, but I'm just thinking like... But it took right, six batteries. <laughs> right now, the Game Boy, it's the, the DS. It's the Game Boy and the phones. Yeah. And in the phones, right? Uh, right. It's not even the Game Boy now. It's it's the Nintendo DS, which is basically the dual screen. It's the Game and Watch sort of thing. Yeah. So there was the Nintendo Seal of Approval, which oh god, the video game crash. Whew. Yeah. Well, Nintendo. This is how Nintendo came back from the video game crash. Yeah. Uh, they they kind of entered it after the crash and said, "Well, fuck that. We're not doing that." They learned from the mistakes of others. Oh, the rumble the controller pack. setup. The rumble yeah. pack. Battery backup, that was huge. Yeah. I mean, that set the stage for long games. Wireless controllers. That was a Nintendo thing. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of people were working on that. Yeah, but they were the first one to be really out with it. Yep. And the Wii, for goodness sakes. Motion. Motion gaming, yeah. And avatars with the Miis, first off. And now glasses-free 3D, if it works. Well, it's supposed to work. How well it works is another question. (laughs) So, um... It's a very well-written and lengthy article. Yeah. We we touched a few of the 25 things on that list. Some of them, not so much, like the Virtual Boy. Oh, 
I, I could see. Well, how- it's the good and bad things. Yeah. But we do not have the time through all 25. However, Activision should acquire Rock Band, says and I thought you hated posting analyst crap. Well, I thought this was an interesting... They're like, yeah, we should combine the two of them. Like, renew Again. the interest in the Guitar Hero franchise. It's like, well, everybody who plays no. music games has moved on to Rock Band. I mean, for goodness sakes, you have a controller now. Well, it's going to be a controller for the Rock Band. That's an actual guitar. Guitar, right. I, no, this is stupid. <laughs> Activision like, should, I mean, Activision's best interest to acquire Rock Band, probably. <laughs> except that they'd probably screw it up. Remember who Activision's boss is and what his opinion of gamers is. Yeah, that is true. It's it's just kind of, it's basically was pointed out from the analyst saying, was like, well, look, Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock sold only just 86,000 units. Yeah, because it's crap. Because so they, he didn't, Activision saw Guitar Hero making a bunch of money. And so they bought the license, they bought the franchise, and said, okay, just do more of the same. Meanwhile, MTV bought Harmonix, who actually made it and innovated it, and said, okay, what else can we do? As one is stepping forward, the other, it, it just was stagnant. It just Yeah, really... well, and then, okay, so Rock Band comes out. And then they're like, oh. A full band kit, and then it was like, oh, crap, do that. <laughs> and while Activision's sitting there and saying, do that. MTV and Harmonics are saying, okay, well, what can we do next? The Rock Band Music Store. And then add more instruments. Yeah. I mean, like, is is it any wonder that Rock Band is still selling like hotcakes and Guitar Hero isn't? (laughs) I believe I get to chalk this one up on the called it sign. (laughs) Okay. Um, There's an interesting article from The Guardian about how the fact that basically our giant library of information is run by a company that's working for a profit. Yes. And that the basically the giant index should be free mm. and not um, run by a for-profit company. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No one has the time or money to index it. Yeah. Uh, it, it would have to be a for-profit. I do enjoy the fact that this... This image at the beginning with Google in the eyeball is clearly photoshopped. Either that or they're looking at a screen that has Google written on it backwards. <laughs> One of the two. But it was, an, it was an idea basically saying that, okay, they're indexing all of our information, but they're also selling advertising about it, and now people can't even tell what's an ad and what's not anymore. Yep. Which is not just a... That's been around for a while. There was the sensationalism journalism back in the old days with the um, the Mexican, the Spanish American War. Mm-hmm. It's like you um, you give me a headline and I'll like write you a war or something. I think that was the old quote or something. Along. Yeah, uh, like you provide the the pictures, I'll provide the war. Yeah. So it's not it's not a recent thing. It's just putting it in the context of Google right now. Yeah. Google and is scary. What's also scary is a skin printer. Skin printer. I think we've actually covered this before, but it was reposted, so I thought I'd put it back up. Uh, it, it would basically print skin onto burn wounds. Well, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Because they, they can do synthetic skin right now, and you just basically make it so it can be... The, yeah, just thrown out at high speed through a small nozzle. Yeah. That is so weird, but cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our games? Yes. You have the Capcom Versus series. So Capcom Versus series? 
Capcom versus Marvel, Capcom versus SNK, Capcom versus Marvel 2, Capcom versus... I mean, there's a ton of them. Oh, so the 2D fighters that come out in the arcades. And are available on PlayStation, etc. So what was your favorite one of the series? Oh, God. I think Marvel vs. Capcom 1 or 2, I don't remember which one it was, was awesome. Is this the one where Brian you could- and I would spend hours... Hours playing it. Is this the one where you could have like the super combo moves that just like yes. Instead of just a Hadouken, you had like the Shinku Hadouken, which took up two thirds of the screen and was just. They had basically its own cutscene. Yeah. In the action. It's that's kind of where they started with that, and I, I believe I think those were the first games that had the like okay, you've done a super move, now it cuts away, and you get to see it, and then it cuts back to the fighting. Where it's basically like you use it as a finishing move, like you just set it up and you can just walk away as the cutscene plays. Mm-hmm. The ultimate. Uh, it was a finishing move inside the game, yeah. not like as a finishing move. It was just like, all right, you've built up enough energy, now go. Oh, the 2D fighters. Those were good days. But technically, they're still around, so you could. Yeah, but now there's too many. <laughs> Like uh, there's, you pick up the the new Capcom versus whatever it is. I think it's Marvel vs. Capcom Four is the next one, and it's got like 130 new players or something. Like what the hell? And then or new characters is what I mean. Yeah, I'd love to see the giant amount of spreadsheets and uh, hitting combos for that. Mm-hmm. And the juggling and oh man. Yep. And Andy, you you played Commander Keen. Yes. Turns out I did not play actually the first Commander Keen. I came into the series halfway through, but the uh, I played. I think it was Commander Keen Four Dreamland or whatever. Yeah, that was a little weird. Everything's like a vegetable. <laughs> oh, the vegetables! God, those games were hard. They were hard, but they were funny. Old two D platformers. I see. I, I think I was too young to appreciate the humor. You see, I, I wonder if you could port that to Android. Oh, there's a there's the some of the Commander King games are also on Flash right now. It's really funny you think about this. This game was done by ID. Yep. It's just like oh, well then this is a little different. But it was also well, wasn't Keen before Doom? It was after Wolfenstein 3D. I don't remember if it was before Doom or not. But oh, and then there was the the hidden alien language that they thought would be like unbreakable for a while, and the BBSs were all about trying to figure out the galactic language in the game oh they're on steam right now too Ooh. yeah i started up with uh commander keen and goodbye galaxy was my first one yeah like you had to go around and collect the parts to your spaceship which were like vacuum cleaners and laundry detergent and shit like that yep because he built it out of tin cans and spare parts in his backyard it's like eight year was like an eight-year-old or an 11 year old kid who had an um an eight-year-old boy genius purported to have an IQ of 314 and was the grandson of BJ, who the, was the character in Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> nice. It was such an odd game. Yeah. Funny, too. It definitely had that kind of Mary Melody sort of humor. I love how in one of the um, levels... If you stand in the red right spot on the crescent moon on the floor, the commander Keen will actually moon the player. 
There's the dope fish and the, the idling, which is hilarious, because if you just let the guy idle, he'll actually bring out a book and start reading in the middle of the game. Yep, I remember that. Uh, that was fun. Ooh, there's a Halloween sale on Steam. Mm. I, was, I hadn't known that. Oh, there was, uh, it was just those other Apogee games, too, like Secret Agent and all those other... Mm. Those were fun 2D platformers, like the original Duke Nukem 2D platformer. Because it wasn't really shump, but it was still action-packed. Shump? You mean shmup? Yes. What's okay. shump? I don't know what shump would be. Shoot em up? Wouldn't that be shump? No, that's a shmup. Shmup? Shoot em up. Ah. Okay, so I transposed the letters. My bad. Yes. Okay, so... All right, last thing. Random topic. What movies... And then I get to go back to grading. Woo! Yay! Wait, you said you weren't going to be doing your teacher outfit today. I'm not in my teacher outfit today. I'm in pajamas. <laughs> but you're still grading, so you're still playing a teacher. Yes, but grading. not in a teacher outfit. I'm not dressed up as a teacher. Okay, so you're a teacher off-duty. That's your costume. Okay, fine. <laughs> get on with it. Okay, what movie sequels do you wish were never made? Matrix 2 and 3. Which is kind of funny because I was looking at the DVDs the other day. That's, that's for some odd reason, Matrix 2 is the DVD that we have on the DVD shelves. Oh, oh my god, Overlord Complete Pack for seven fifty. <laughs> is that what you're going with? Just... Yeah, no, no, the, the random topic? No, there's no question about that. that that's done. That, that was it. There's no discussion. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, others. No, like, they're, that, that's the end of the discussion. Matrix 2 and 3. Not the Star Wars prequels? Matrix 2 and 3. The end most, of discussion. The most recent Rocky movie? The most recent Indiana Jones movie? Why are you still on this topic? End of discussion in Matrix because 2 and 3. There are so many other movie sequels that should not have been made. The sequels to Jaws? Yes, but none of them were nearly as bad as Matrix 2 and 3. Have you seen the sequel to Jaws? You mean Jaws 2 or The Son of Jaws? Both. Or the, uh, the Jaws was, it, was it Italian Jaws? <laughs> oh. Matrix... Two and three. But there are so many other bad no. movies. Yes, but none were that bad. Kronk's New Groove? Not as bad as <laughs> Matrix 2 or 3. Oh. There. Again, why are we still on this subject? Because there are so many bad movies out there that were sequels. Oh, some of the sequels to, like, the X-Men movies. The last X-Men movie I did not like. Wolverine Origins? Yes. I thought it was fine. Uh, Matrix 2 and 3, however, no. Alright, uh, we're done. <laughs> Matrix 2 and 3. But, I must go to Rotten Tomatoes and find more. Oh, fine. I, I definitely will give you Matrix 2 and 3. Thank you. I appreciate but there was, oh, there's so many other, oh, there's a letter opener. Okay. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Fine. We'll be done with Matrix 2 and 3. You happy? Good. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Okay. Because it's Matrix 2 and 3, and it was crap. We'll end on that. Yeah.